Begin today the Gemara at the Mishnah on the bottom of the Samach Dalit Amid Base. Here we're going to have a few Mishnayas that are going to discuss halachas that are not directly related to anything we spoke about before, or Bechlal, the theme of Mesechtis Nazar. But because in the previous Mishnah it mentioned this concept called Raglayim Ledover, when you have something that indicates or is connected to something, Raglayim Ledover simply means there's legs to the matter, meaning that there's a, there's a reason to to believe in a certain way, so it brings other halachas that also are related to that concept. A person finds a person buried somewhere, and he discovers this for the first time. He was not buried there by anybody as far as, no, nobody knew that this was a place that was designated as a cemetery. Just all of a sudden, you're, you're doing work somewhere, and you discover a mace there for the first time. Uh, no, 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 we're not talking about Tumas HaTahimer. Let's see. Mushkev Kedarkai, and this mace was lying the way a person is usually buried. And the Gemara is going to explain what that means. So now, if you want to move this mace out of this area, you don't want this place to be a cemetery, you want to use it for something else. So, you're allowed to remove this mace. And also, Tfusasai means the earth that surrounds him. There's a certain amount that you have to remove. You also remove that, and that's it. And now this area is tahir, and you can use it for anything else. Right, so the theme of this Mishnah here is to discuss in what situations do you know that if you discover a person buried there, that this area is really an ancient cemetery. So you can't remove the mace from there. And when do you say that, no, this person was not buried there with the intention to establish this as a cemetery. He was, he was buried there temporarily with the intention that he'll one day be moved from here. So when you find a, a, this one mace that's buried here, and no one knew about this, and all of a sudden you discover him, so our assumption is that he was just buried there temporarily, and he was, the plan was to remove him, so it's not a cemetery, so you're allowed to remove him and the earth surrounding him, and, and then the place to start. Similar, Shnayim, if you found two people buried in this area, you can remove them with this, the earth surrounding them as well. But Matzah if you discover three mason buried in one area, so now it depends in how close or far they're buried. If the distance between these three mason buried here is from four amas to eight amas, in other words, not closer than four and not further than eight, so then this is really a cemetery. And a cemetery that was established to be such cannot be removed from this area. There's a huge discussion, not here in the Gemara, but in the Sechta Baba Basra, where this is brought up regarding exactly what the shear of Tal Damas to Shmei Namas is. And there, the Gemara describes that in those times when they would bury, they wouldn't bury the way we do today in the ground, but it was they, they, they dug caves. And then in the caves, in the walls of the caves, they would bury the, the people. And it was exactly the shear of exactly the holes inside these caves, how they would bury was very precise. And therefore, there's a very specific shear of how the burial happened. And that's what this shear of Arba Atshmei Amis is based on. There's Machlekes there in the Gemara of Baba Basra, how exactly to explain it. But the Gemara over here doesn't go through all these details. So now, once you discover that this is a Shechunas Kvareis, So possibly, the cave that you found over here in this area that has three people buried... So it could be that in this courtyard, there's now another cave further away. And, they, and it, it, the way they would do it then is, there would be one cave, and then there would be sort of a break, and then they would make another cave further da- down. So you have to inspect the area all the way down to 20 Amis to see if there are more people buried there. 
If you find then other people buried 20 amas away, so then you should go and inspect the area another 20 amas, because that's the way the say there was. They had one cave, then another cave, another cave. So you have to keep on checking the area. So here the Mishnah uses this expression. Here, because you found three mesim, so this is this lex to this matter. There's, there's reason to believe that this is not just someone that was buried here temporarily, but this was established as a graveyard. So therefore you can't change it. You can't move it from here. If though, like the Mishnah said in the beginning, if it was just the fact that you found one person and it was discovered for the first time and no one knew that he was buried there to establish it as a Besakvaris, then you will be able to remove that person with the surrounding. But now that we have Raglayim Lodov, now that we see that there's a few people buried there, so this leads us to believe that this was established as a Besakvaris. So now the Gemara will explain the expression that it said in the beginning of the Mishnah, HaMoitze Meis Betchilem Mushkov Kedarkai. The Gemara will explain what this means. It's interesting why the Mishnah says it again. I'm not sure. The Gemara does not explain it either. But I touched it the way it's, what it means. It goes back to the beginning of the Mishnah. Omer Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, it said in the Mishnah, HaMoitze, or the Gemara says, Motza, that he discovered. Meaning that he just happened to come upon this maze, this one maze that's buried here in this place. What does that mean? Prat lamotzi. That excludes a situation where it's not something that you just discovered now, but a mace that's found there. In other words, it's known. Meaning, even if it was just one mace that's buried there, but if he was buried there knowingly with the intention to establish it as a base aquatis, so then even if it's just one, you can't move him from the place. What we're talking about is that he was discovered there and we have no idea who and how he was buried there. So then we say that it's, it's safe to assume that probably it was just temporarily. Then it says mace person that died was buried there, that means prat lahorov. That excludes somebody that was killed and he was left to be buried there. So in such a case, so most Rishonim learned the pshat of here is that by a horok, he is allowed to be moved from the spot. But by this horok, you don't have to take along from Tfusosai, from the surrounding of the earth, you don't have to take along with him. Horog has a different talacha. And the reason why a horog is different, Rashi says in another place, because when he's murdered, so there's blood that, 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 that does not get buried together with him. And therefore, it doesn't have the same halacha as a regular mace. A regular mace is buried fully intact, his entire body, that's one halacha. But a horog, where he's not buried fully, so therefore it has a different halacha. You don't have to take the earth with him. Again? Horog, no, he was killed, he was murdered. Murdered. Mushkov, then the Mishnah said that you discovered this mace lying. That means Pratli Yoshev. That excludes a mace that you found buried sitting in a sitting position. Kedarkai, then the Mishnah says in his usual manner, that means Pratli Shadoshev Munach Benyakaisov, excluding a mace that's buried with his head between his thighs. And the Gemara will explain in a second what this means. Why, why, why are these different? So Tani Ola Barchanine, so Ola Barchanine said, mace Shachoser, a mace that is buried and is missing from his limbs, or from it's not fully buried, so over here, there's no Allah of Tfusa that you have to, when you remove him, that you have to remove also from the earth surrounding him. That's the shot I just said regarding Harog. But also, this Allah that we said, if you have three Mesim, that it turns into a Shkhonas Kvaris, does not apply if the Mesim that are buried there are not buried fully intact. Mm-hmm. Taisa says on this, that it's Allah on this second point here, because Miswara, if you have three Mesim, which is an assumption that there's more mason buried here, and it's, it was established as a base akvaris. Why, why should it be a difference if it's if he's made buried full and not? For it's chaser. Taisa says it's a Allah
Now, the whole honey, my timer, why, regarding the other cases we just mentioned before, if he's mushkov, so we said not if he's in a sitting position, and not if his head is between his knees, why in those cases do we not apply the halacha that this area becomes a, uh, like a base aquatus that yeah, you're not allowed to remove it? So what it says, because this is not the way Yidin bury. So when you find a person buried in these unusual positions, so you know that it's that it could be a guy. So so therefore you don't. Have, so this halacha of, of whether it's a base or not doesn't apply. If it's a guy. Another halacha the Gemara says If you find two people buried side by side, but the head of one. Is near the feet of the other, and and the head of the other is by the feet of the other. So, so that's not the way Eden bury either. So, Elam Tfusa, the halacha of Tfusa, removing to remove also with the earth around doesn't apply. And also to say that this turns into a cemetery because of this doesn't apply either because the assumption is that it's not Eden that are be, that are buried here. What if you do discover three people buried in this area? One person that was buried there, that was known. That was known that he was actually buried there. But two of them, you discover, and, and it's unknown where they come from, who buried them here. Or the case was, or the other gears here in the Gemara is, there was one person that you discover here for the very first time. You never knew he was buried there. And there's another two that it's known that they were buried here. So even though now in total you have three people buried there, but nevertheless, the halacha of Tfusa, that the earth becomes part of these mesim, that you have to remove it, that doesn't apply. And the halacha that this turns into a cemetery, because not as three people there, does not apply either. So some Rishayim say that this is also a halacha because not a fact is you have three people buried there. But nevertheless, this is, this is not considered to be a shchunas kvaris. Or other Rishonim say that there is some svar over here to say that because you discover somebody that you didn't know was there, Bukhlav. So that means that this place only had two people that you knew were buried there, or one person that you knew was buried there. And that's not enough to establish it as a base aquatus. The other person that you randomly find over here is not enough to combine it to be three to establish it as a base aquatus. So Gemara brings a story that happened regarding this. Once Rabbi Shevov happened with him, Shabbodak, he was doing work, whatever he was doing, and he found Shnayim Yiduim. There were two people that were buried there, and, that, and he knew about them. But then he discovered that there was a third person buried there that was not known. He discovered him for the first time. So now there was three altogether. So he wanted to establish this area into a cemetery, that no one should remove them and it should become a cemetery. All your effort to turn this into a cemetery, it's in vain that you're, that you're working hard here. Because when did they say that this place turns into a cemetery? Either if there were three people that knowingly were buried there to establish it as a base aquatus, or even if you discover three masons that were not known before, but you discovered all three for the first time, then we say that there's an assumption that this turns into a that they were buried there to turn into a base aquatus. But not in this case where two were known and one was not known. So the Mishnah said, When you remove the mason, you have to remove also what's a, the earth surrounding. How much is this? So first of all, the Gemara actually brings the source for this. 
means what's the source for this halacha that you also have to remove the earth around, surrounding the mace? Amr of Yehuda, Amakra, the Pasik says, Yaakov asks, and Sasani, Mimitraim, you should carry me out of Mitraim. So the word Mimitraim is extra. Could have just said carry me out. So that, what that means is toil imi, that you take along with me from the earth of Mitraim. The Kama, the Kama Shir Tfusa. How much is the shear of the tfusa that you have to take out together with the mace when you remove him? Perish Rabbalazar, so Rabbalazar said, obviously over here you're not good, it's been a tzaddik, Rabbalazar here is an amayra. So he said, So first of all, you take from the uh, loose dirt that there is surrounding the mace where he's buried. But then also, So then you have to dig deeper into the psula, the virgin of the earth, which means a tough part of the earth that was not... <clears throat> moved yet, but you have to dig over there three finger breaths and remove that together with the mace because it's possible that some parts of the mace was absorbed into that part of the earth, so it has to be mo- removed together with the mace. So what asks on this from a Braisa, Mace Tfusa. The Braisa addresses this question as well. How much is the shear of the Tfusa of the earth surrounding the mace that has to be removed? Pirish He's a Tana, so he explained. You have to remove a, a kismin, which are the uh, splinters of the uh, of, of wood that could be there, chips of wood, and also clumps of earth that could be there that absorb from the mace. Those things that are definitely not part of the mace, that you know that nothing absorbed from the mace and that you can throw it away. But you have to leave aside things that there's a doubt about it, so that you do have to leave aside and you'll have to take it. Now the rest of what you know, things that you know for sure that are they have from the mace in it, so it combines together with the mace himself that you remove. And here the Braisa spells out the, the mace itself, how, what, what the mace consists of that you have to remove, whether it's roiv binyonishal mace, it's most of the structure of the body of the mace, or the roivat samais, or whether it's the amount of bones that comes up to the amount of reiva atzomais, as we learned before about this in the Masechta, a reiva of a calf of bones, or the meloit tarved rekev, or a spoonful of the dirt of the mace. When you remove that, so you remove the other parts together with him. So the point is, though, that what do you see here in this b'raise? It doesn't mention anything about removing, even to dig deeper into three finger breaths into the ground to remove that together with the mace. So how does Rabbi Lazar say this? One answer is Hudama Kihai Tana. Rabbi Loz is following the following Tana in this Braise, the Tanya, we learned another Braise, Kamashir Tfusa, what's the shear of the earth that has to be moved together with the maize? Om Rabbi Yechanim Shum Ben Azai. So Rabbi Yechanim said in the name of Ben Azai that Noitul Afati Chuach, you take the soft dirt and the Chayfu Bipsula, and you have to dig deeper into the hard ground. Shalash its boys, three finger breaths, exactly like Rabbi Loz said. Dr. Gemara Vaita, Mbaide Kaymenu. It said in the Mishnah, that if you do discover that there are three mason buried there, so now there's, a, there's an assumption that this would be a base akvare, so you have to inspect the area 20 amas around. Amarave, Sarave says, what happened if Bodak, you're inspecting an area, Opina, and you only found one mace. So if there's only one mace, you're allowed to remove him, and you remove him. Bodak, you, you further were doing work in that area, and you, found, you find another mace, Opina, and you remove them one at a time. In Badak, again, the person inspects the area of Ashkach. Now you find the third mace. So now it comes out that there were three mace and buried it. But two already were removed. So what happens? Not this one. 
do you have to, are you allowed to take out, to combine to the other two that you took out already? The Gavihanach Trey, that is, to the other two that were already removed from here, because now it's discovered this, that this really should have the status of a base Akvaris, so you're not allowed to remove the last one from there. But but you don't have to return the other two that you removed from here, you don't have to bring them back to this place once they were removed. To this one that's still there. But another version of what Rava says is, Rava says that in this case where you removed one at a time, once he has Rishos to be Mephanic, because he took one, and then he took another one, and now there's only one left here, Mephanolon, so you can clear the whole area, you can remove the last mace as well, and there's no base Aquarius here anymore. But why is that? This should be considered to be an area which is a base Aquarius. Now that you see that in total there were three masons buried in this area, the assumption is that it's a base Aquarius. Who cares if it was removed one at a time? answers, they found an excuse, and they wanted to purify this area in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, they would, they would always be inspecting different areas to make sure to see if the place is pure or if it's not pure. This is one of the things that was different in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar. In Chutzlar, there's always a suffix, maybe someone's buried somewhere. That's why that's one of the reasons we learned before in the Masech, if you go into Eretz Ha'amim, you become Tomei. But in Eretz Yisrael, they would always be inspecting areas to make sure that there's no mason buried there. So over here, once one was removed and another was removed, so now they found an excuse and they say that now there's only one left, we could clear the area and uh, be retired the area. So the Rosh here explains that the point is, even when you do find three mason there, it doesn't mean that we know for a fact it's a basic Kvaris. There's a certain concern, there's a certain assumption we have, we find three, that it's possible that there's a Shechonah's basic Kvaris. But it's not for sure for a, as a fact. So therefore, in such a case, even though the war, now we see that there were three here, once we remove two of them, you can remove the third one. But if it's taka, a case where it's far, we know for a fact it was established as a base aquatus, then there's no excuse. You can't, you can't remove a base aquatus once it's established. You, you inspected 20 amas. So the, the Mishnah says that you found three masons, so you have to then inspect further away to, to, to the distance of 20 amas. So you inspected 20 amas, so you didn't find any other mason there. My, what's the halacha now? So there's two pshatim here in this Gemara. According to one pshat in the Gemara, what the Gemara is saying is, the Mishnah told us, if you find three mason, there's an assumption that this area is a Besakvaris. And therefore you have to inspect 20 amas away. So now, what the Gemara is asking is, what if you did that inspection 20 amas away? And you don't find any other mason buried there. Maybe there's a swara to say that now that you don't find other mason buried there, so maybe we should go back and say that these three that we did find is really also just randomly put there or, or put there temporarily to be removed. It's not really a base aquatus. Because the derech was by a base aquatus, there weren't just three. There was three, then a little further away or more. So now that you didn't find anyone, maybe it should not be a base aquatus. No, that even though you did not find any other mason buried there, 20 amas around it, nevertheless, three itself establishes the area as a base aquatus. That's one pshat in the Gemara. Another pshat that Taisa says here in the Gemara is, the Gemara is asking if you inspected the area in, to, to, one, to one side, 20 amas, but you didn't inspect the area to another side, 20 amas, so do you have to inspect all other sides as well? And the Gemara is answering that you don't have to inspect the other side. Shechunas Kvaris means that the Shechunas Kvaris is only on one side and not on the other side. And on that the Gemara continues and says, My time, uh, now this continuation here of my time, uh, 
does not fit with the first shot that I said. The, the Rosh takes it out. But the second shot that I just says, the Gemara now asks, my time, why if you inspect it only to one side, do you not have to inspect to the other side? So on that, Ishlakish also said, that this is again an excuse that they wanted to be retired at Yisrael, and therefore you're not obligated to check the other sides, and as long as we see that on one side that there's no other mason buried there, we could assume that this area is not a base aquatus. Again, this is another Mishnah here that's not related to the subject we spoke about before, but it's based on this idea of whether there was a, a previous status, and therefore it leads us to a certain conclusion, like, like the halacha regarding the Beis HaKvaris, and the halacha regarding the Tumas HaTahayim. Kol Safik Negayim, if there's a situation where there's a Safik, if the Nega is Tomei or not. How could that be a Safik if a Nega is Tomei or not? So this is a Mishnah Barichas and Masech Negayim. So the typical example would be, if you have two people that had a Nega, and they come to the Kayin, and one of the halachas about a nega is you lock up the person, and then after a week you have to inspect the nega to see if it grew in size. So what happens if these two people had different nagayim, different sizes, and then after the week they both come out and the nagayim is inspecting to see if it grew in size, but he had a certain amount that he knew that one had a nega the size of a gris, or the other had a nega the size of a cellar, different sizes, but now he doesn't remember who's who. So he doesn't know whose nega if it grew or not. So that's a suffix nagayim batchila. Um, so in other words, it's, it's, it's in the beginning, meaning we did not know until now that he's established as Tommy. And right now it's the first time that there's a suffix whether we should establish him as Tommy or not. So So we relieve him on his previous status that he's Tahir because he did not yet enter into the status of Tommy. He is not, not yet Tommy, so we leave him in that status. Now, however, if it's a person that already had a Nega and he's already Tommy. And now he gets a second nega. And now regarding this second nega, a similar thing happens, that there's a suffix whether it grew in size or not. So now it's fake it, Tommy. In such a case, if there's a suffix, because he's already previously established as Tommy, so over here, the suffix will be established as Tommy. From where do I know this halacha? That in a case where he was tired until now, and I have a suffix regarding the nega that he has, that I establish him as tired, I... I Follow that previous status. The pasuk when it speaks about the kain and the halachas of nega, looking at a nega, so it says there in the pasuk that the kain has to look and see whether letame to purify him or to say that he's tamei. So the pasuk since the pasuk says first letare, first to purify, so that tells me that in a case where there's a suffix, I have to purify him and not to say that he's tamei. If we're learning it from this word in the Pasuk, If so, this halacha, this Pasuk should be applied even in a case where he was already previously established as Tomei, and now you have another Suffolk about another Nega, still I should say that the Suffolk is tired because the Pasuk first says Latare. Or the question is actually even further, that in a case where you have the previous status, that this person was tired until now, I don't even need a Pasuk to tell me that I'm going to base, I'm going to place him in that status to be Tahir. The whole Chiddush of the Pasuk is, would be needed in a situation where the person is already Tahir. And now I have another Suffolk regarding another Nega, there's still the Pasuk says, Latare. So why does this only apply in a case where the person is in a status of Tare? I should apply this even in a person that's in a status of Tumah. So the Gemara says, you're right, this Pasuk is used for something else. This drasha of this pasik goes on a different halacha, 
And as Taisvis here says, regarding the halacha of the Mishnah, you don't need any Pasek. The fact that you follow the Chazaka of Tare and the Chazaka of Tumah, that's Mesvara. You don't need any Pasek. That's what Taisvis says. The Rosh over here brings that in Tairis Kainim, there's another Pasek that's the source for what it says in the Mishnah. There's a big discussion in the Yachreinim whether the halacha of the Mishnah is Mesvara or you dafka need a Pasek for it. But this Pasek we just brought, Letarei, is going on something else. What is that? This is the halacha regarding a nega, and the halacha is as follows. If the actual nega itself, where the person's skin turns white, that's the beheres. So if that color, discoloration, when it became white, was there in the skin before the white hairs, right? One of the simonim of the nega is that it has to be white hairs. So if the discoloration of the skin is before the white hairs appear, so then tummy, that's a sign of tummy. But vim say a love and kodmolabeheres. But at first, this, the hair becomes white, and then afterwards, the discolor, the, the, the skin becomes white. Then tar, then it's going to be tar. Suffolk, if you don't know what came first, then tome, then it will be tome. Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says in a situation like this where it's a suffolk, keya. Now, what does keya mean? My keya. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda said keya v'tohir. Keya means that he's tohir. So some Rishonim Taj Kaya means that it, that the it, it's like considered to be that it's dim. What? How do they touch it over there? Fainter, like Fa- the, the color is fainter than it was before. That is toher. When the Gemara asks him this, Vedilme Kaya Vetome, maybe Kaya should be it should be translated that Rabbi Shu was saying that Kaya, but it is still Tome. How exactly Kaya would mean Tome? It's not clear. Some some Rishonim actually say that you should be greatest here Kaya, not with a chaf, but with a kuf, and Kaya means something else. Kaya is Meloshim. That it gathered that there's something something that happened here in the person's skin that the, the blood was removed and the whatever and it caused this discoloration mm-hmm. and it's tummy but it really means that it is tummy Akapana, the word k is not not so clear how to translate this mm-hmm. anyways the gemara asked how do we know that Rabbi, how does Rabbi Yeshua say that this is uh, means that it's tohay it's on this that Rabbi Yudu said in the name of Rav Omakro the pasuk said letaray that when a coin inspects the nega to make it toy, to make it tome, it said first letaray hoyu leposuk by a custom betaratchila. Since the posuk begins first with tatara, so we know that in this situation where there's a suffix, if the hairs became white first or the skin became white first, I say that I'm a tame, I'm, I'm a tired that person according to Rabbi Shua. So another situation where we follow a certain status that was before. B'shiva drachim baitkenes hazav. There are seven different ways that we have to inspect Azov. So Azov is the Tumah, when a person has a discharge. And the, the Alocha of Ziva is that there's, there's three times a person had a discharge. If it only happened once, so then that, that Tumah is just for one day. It's not, it's not, it's not a really, really Azov. If it happened a, sec, a second time, so then he becomes Azov for seven days. If it happened a third time, not only is Azov for seven days, but he has to bring Karbonus as well. So this mission is talking about the second time. The second time a person sees this flow. So the halacha is, it's learned from a Pasik, Bipsaray, that only if what he saw came without anything before that caused this. And he didn't do anything unusual to cause this. If, if there's something that unusual he did that caused this, that's called an oinus. That's an external cause and he's not going to be tummy. So we have to inspect this person to see what caused this discharge. So there's seven different ways that we inspect this person. Before he saw the second uh, discharge of the ziva. 
Now, to see whether he ate or drank something unusual, whether he carried something unusual, whether he jumped, also unusual, if he was sick, whether he looked at something, looked at a woman that caused this discharge, or behid or thought about her that causes this discharge. This is all before he saw the, the, whether the, all these things happened before he saw the second uh, ziva. But now once he saw already twice this ziva. So now So we don't have to inspect him. If he sees a third time, so over here we're not going to have to inspect him. Whether it's something that was an oinus, meaning it was caused by something else. Or a situation of a suffix, which the Gemara will explain. Or the actual, the, the semen itself. They're all going to be tomei. Should I because once he saw already twice, and now he's seeing this discharge a third time, so there's an assumption that this is tummy. So at that point, the third re'iyah, the third time that he sees this ziva, you don't have to inspect the matter to see if it was an aynas or not. Similar concept that's based on this, uh, whether we look at a chazaka or not. Hamakes chaveri, person that his friend. What happened was, vamdu lemisa. Originally, he was, he was estimated that he, that he was hurt to such a degree he was injured that he would pass away. But then afterwards, that, then afterwards, a person, he recovered, he became, he was becoming better. And then, again, and then, but then he again, got, uh, he went, went to the word, went worse, and he did pass away in the end. So the person that hit him will be for being the murderer. Because originally he was estimated that he would die, even though in the, in the, in the middle he was discovered, he was recovering. That is, but it doesn't matter. If eventually he died, so then this person is chayiv. However, Rav Nachemia argues and says, "Potter, no, this person will be potter shiraglayin ledavar." There's legs to this matter. There's reason to think that the fact that he died, there was something else that caused this in between, because the person was recovering already. So something else must have happened that caused him to die, and it's not because of what you did. From where do I know this halacha that when it comes to this person that became already Tommy as a Zav <clears throat> by having a, this discharge once, twice, when it comes to the third time, I don't have to inspect the matter anymore. And over here I'll be Tommy even if it's an Oynis. So Amr Abnasan, Amakra, because the Pasik says, Vahazav es Zoivai. So it says twice, Zav es Zoivai. And then the Pasik there says that he becomes Tomei. So once it was twice, then there was a third time that he saw the Ziva. So, so in that point I say, Iskish You compare the Zohar to a Nekeva. In that Pasik it says, it says, Now this whole halacha that the Mishnah said, that if a person became Tomei because of something that happened, which was an Oynes, that's only by a Zohar. By an Akeva, any Ziva, any flow, it doesn't matter if it was an Oynes or not. So over here, we learn out from this Pasik that when it comes to the third time that the Zohar sees this flow, here you compare him to an Akeva and you don't have to inspect the matter anymore. In the Brais we learned that Rabbi Lazar said, that even the third time by a Zohar, when he sees this discharge, you still have to inspect to see if it was an Oynes or not. And only if it happens a fourth time, you don't have to inspect. The fourth time is not really relevant for the actual status of Ziva, but fourth time means if he's counting his days. Azov has to count clean days. If during the time when he's counting those clean days, he now sees a fourth discharge, so then you don't have to inspect him. But not three times. For the second and third time, you do have to inspect him. 
Says the Gemara, yeah, you're right, there's a machlaikis here. Ela be'esim komifliki. There's a machlaikis whether we darshan the S of the Pasik. Rebliyeze darish esim. Rebliyeze darshans the S. So when it says in the Pasik, v'hazav, S, zoivai. Hazav is one. S is two. Zoivai is three. For all those three times, he still has to be inspected. But only the fourth time does he become similar to an akeva and you don't have to inspect the matter. Rabbanon le darshi esim. Rabbanon don't darshan the S. So you have just zav and zoivai twice. And the third time, you don't have to inspect the matter, like it said in our Mishnah.